Time for us on this Friday morning to check in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. And hey, I'm listening to your news and I'm looking at the news lineup for the day. We've got Transportation Minister Rob Fleming, a 9 a.m. press conference here in Victoria. He's the minister responsible for ferries. And, you know, I'm going, hey, the minister is going to come out and... What, apologize for the mess? I, um, is that really what's going to happen? No. <laughs> I don't know this about is, that. Um, this is pre-scheduled, and the topic is a different one. So Fleming is responsible for ferries, and uh, people have been having trouble getting a hold of him in the media for the last couple of days over the troubles. But uh, anyway, he's on at 9 o'clock here in Victoria, but it's pre-scheduled. It's a with the federal infrastructure minister, and they're going to talk about plans to replace the ferry terminal in the harbor, the terminal that uh, serves the two ferry services that go to the United States. So the Coho that goes to Port Angeles and the Clipper, which goes to Seattle. So that's the topic. Yeah, will However, you actually get to that topic? <laughs> well, they do get to talk first. So I expect uh, the local news media will all be there, our colleagues, and they'll listen politely. And I will be surprised if any of the questions questions deal with anything other than what's going on at BC Ferries. How long are we going to have to listen to these excuses? Why can't they even get the website to work, you know, the app? Like it's gone uh, off a cliff, right? It's like yeah, no. <laughs> it was barely held together and now it's just fallen apart. Yeah, We're going to yeah. be talking to Nicholas Jimenez about yeah. that this morning too, just because those are my questions. Like if you know you've got a long weekend coming and you've already yeah. had issues this year, wouldn't it be, a, you know, a so to speak, an all hands on deck situation? You, you want to make sure this long weekend goes off without a hitch so you can show people that you're on the job. Yes. The other thing, too, is the handoff to Jimenez by the politicians in the government. I mean, um, it used to be that the ferries were at sufficient arm's length from political control that it was legitimate to leave it to the CEO of the ferries or to the chair of the board to handle this stuff. You know, you'd talk to the government about the the long-term contract, maybe about funding, but really it was set up arm's length. But the New Democrats have taken back political control of the ferries. They appointed a former NDP cabinet minister to run the ferries. Joy McPhail, she went in and she fired the CEO on instructions from the Premier's office. She brought in her hand-picked CEO, Jimenez, and really um, political control of the ferries is back. So it's legitimate to say, where's the minister? And at 9 o'clock this morning, the minister will be there. And I know there will be lots of questions about this. So we'll be talking more about that this morning as well. Uh, can we also talk about this Ministry of Children and Family Development story? Because, Don Vaughn, yeah. we've been asking all week to talk to the minister, Mitzi Dean, and haven't been able to do that yet. But it, 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 once again, here we are talking about this topic, and we've been doing this for years. Yeah, Simi, I mean, this is an awful case. The, the details of the way these children were treated, torture, uh, one of the children beaten to death. They're, they're so awful that I would be reluctant to repeat some of the details on the airwaves. They, they have been reported, so you know, people can go out there and see that. But yes, it's an awful case. Uh, you've had Indigenous leaders calling for the minister to resign. 
I, I mean, some of this abuse happened on her watch, Mitzi Dean, but just as a recognition of what a fundamental failure this was in the system. I, I know you had the watchdog on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Charlesworth. She said the worst thing she's ever seen, and she's been involved in one way or another in the system for decades. So it, it's a terrible case. Um, the Green Party, Simi, has now joined the calls for Mitzi Dean to resign, and she hasn't. Um, the one thing the ministry did say yesterday is that the two social workers who failed in this case to it failed in their responsibilities to these children for months. Like they're supposed to keep track of them, check up on them in person, visit them in foster care. Mm-hmm. Seven months they didn't do it. So they've been fired. So um, We don't but, know how many people. They didn't say how many people we're no. talking about here. Like it, it just, that's yeah. good, but. Yeah, I mean, this this case has been going on in the background for a while. There were guilty pleas last year by the two foster parents. The two foster parents are themselves. The children are indigenous. The foster parents are indigenous. We are not allowed to report the names because there was a court order to protect the privacy of the surviving child. So that's why Some of our reporting isn't as detailed as we'd like to do. There wasn't a trial, Simi, so we're reliant on the agreed-upon statement of facts between the defense and the prosecution. That was the basis for the sentencing last week. Uh, Ten years for manslaughter, six years for aggravated assault served concurrently. So... You know, we know some things about the case. Everybody has a lot of questions about it. I think the only way we're ever really going to get to the bottom of it now is the Charlesworth investigation. But in the interim, yes, the ministry does say, uh, I think they said two social workers who were responsible for dealing with the children have been fired. But this one's going to go on for a while uh, even the people that know the system well, Simi, are just shaking their heads with disbelief about this one. And I'm so tired of doing this story. I was you know, saying yeah. that this week is that over the years, Vaughn, how many times have we done a story like this? Yeah, and Charles said one thing to you yesterday, Simi, that I'm going to look up because I didn't know about this. I missed it. She said that she put out a report, her office, recently, she said, surveying all of the recommendations that her office, the child and youth representative, have made to the ministry during her five years as representative, and she said it's a mixed record. Some have been accepted, some have not. So I made a note listening to her talking to you yesterday to say, i got to have a look at that report and see what I've been missing. Yes, because I would be very interested in that as well. I mean, go back 30 years, there's been a bunch of reports yeah. On this, oh, yeah. right? How much no, has changed? I mean, this has been going on for a long time. And, it, it, you know, the indigenous leaders, um, again, go back to some of the awful cases that happened in the past. One of the issues that indigenous leaders have raised is when indigenous children are taken away from their families, they want the children placed with other indigenous people, preferably in their own community. That seems to be what happened here. But, it, you know, and I, I hear grumbling from people saying, well, you know, what do what the indigenous people have to say about this? And I go, well, you know, the ministry 
still has the responsibility to check up on the children and make sure they're safe and protected because it's the government that takes the children away from their parents. It's not Indigenous people that make that decision. There are Indigenous care agencies with Indigenous people involved. Of course, Simi, we know statistically about half the children in care over the years have been Indigenous children. They're only 7% of the population, but there's some very troubled communities there and some troubled families And that's why the numbers are so high. But at the end of the day, the responsibility is still with the ministry. And I think that's why the the case is so awful that uh, people have been saying the minister should resign. Just as a, if nothing else, as a recognition of how awful this case is and the failings of her ministry. The fact that she won't even do interviews. Yes. One interview she did do for Global is... You know, she gave the same answer to the same question seven times, a message box answer. I mean, cabinet minister in that ministry, you've got to be accountable at some level to the public. It always amazes me now with so many changes of government and doing this job for so long is that 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 ministry is so important. And yet time and time again, there's a minister in there that doesn't know how to handle a a controversy or difficult questions when that is the very nature of that ministry. Yeah. I mean, yes, there are privacy restrictions in the ministry and caution is necessary, but that's a call for a minister who is capable and competent and can handle delicate issues, not a call for a minister who, in this case, has so far run for cover. Exactly. Okay, and very quickly, before I let you go here, uh, we have to pay tribute to someone who's passed away. It's Stephen Owen. I was surprised to see this. Yeah, Stephen Owen. He's only 74 years old. The Owen family, let's see, we had a mayor of Vancouver who was a relative. We had a lieutenant governor who was a relative. Uh, Stephen Owen, one of those people that uh, his public service record is incredible. I mean, he was deputy attorney general. He was ombudsman. He was the land use commissioner. Uh, he was a federal MP. Uh, he's one of those people, Simi, that had so much respect across the political spectrum that when he came in and did a report, um, everybody accepted that Owen was right. There, there was he was able to bridge some of the most bitter partisan divides in BC. Mm-hmm. We saw that with the first land use planning that he did in the 1990s, where he brought together the industry and environmental activists and indigenous people and communities, and got preliminary agreement on on management of the land with environmental issues and industry issues and logging and all that. He also handled, look, it would take me an hour to explain I know, all, I all know. the aspects, it's but amazing. he stepped into one of the messiest political scandals in British Columbia history, a scandal that involved a cabinet minister who was fired for giving a lottery grant to a relative. The handling of the right. thing within the ministry was a messy AG resigned, but look, it resulted in our special prosecutor system in BC. Stephen Owen recommended it, brought it in. It's still there and it ensures where a politician is involved 
the matter is handled at arm's length by special prosecutors to ensure yeah. no political interference. Amazing. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Sim.